As you can see, Romans chapter 11, verse 16 through 24, whether we'll make it through 16, I mean 24 or not, I'm not sure. We never know for that for sure, but that's my plan for tonight. Romans chapter 11. <clears throat> we'll get through this, and, and, and uh, this is not a uh, heavy, heavy uh, part of, of Romans. Uh, there's, you know, you get to Romans chapter 12, and it begins with something, you know, really, really very important about uh, our commitment to God and being transformed. But, but uh, right here in Romans 11, we've got uh, some really wonderful information. But it says in verse 16, it says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And that's where we're going to uh, begin. Of course, you know, right before this in verse 15, it says, For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall be the receiving of them uh, of them be but life from the dead. And, and of course, all this is talking about the, the Jewish people and how uh, they reject Christ. They're, then they're going to be cast away, and they have been. And, and they, because of that, the Gentiles, the gospel came to the Gentiles, and that's who uh, we are, and, uh, and the gospel has come to the Gentile people. And so that's where we're going to begin. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you're blessed tonight. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you guide my mind, my thoughts. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd, you just use the Word of God to, to, to change us. Lord, uh, information is, is wonderful. And, and, uh, but God, it's, it's what transforms us. It's transformation that we're looking for. We're looking for truth that will make a difference in our lives. So Holy Spirit of God, guide us to that truth. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if we compare Scripture with Scripture, I believe we get a clue about this passage because it says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump also is holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now, there's various opinions, you know, about this, this little verse here. And, and uh, quite a few people uh, want to make application that, that this is talking about Abraham. Uh, talking about the first fruits being Abraham, uh, because he was the first, you know, he was the man of faith. But, but I, here's what I want to do. I want you, if you want to, if you want to turn to John chapter eight verse fifty-eight, I'm gonna turn to a few scriptures. Started to put them up on the on the screen, but I'm but I'm I'm so slow with technology that I'm not doing it, uh, and I'm gonna get this taken care of and get it uh, so it's more useful to me. But John chapter eight verse fifty-eight, it says this very simply. Uh, and I want you to turn to it because I want you to see when it, these things, when it says this in the Word of God, it says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And so uh, I think sometimes when you read some of these people and, and what they believe, it, it's in their mind, Jesus came after Abraham. And so Abraham has to be the first fruits that we're talking about, the first fruits of faith. And, uh, and, and clearly the Bible says, no, Jesus came uh, before Abraham was, I am. And so uh, then in 1 Corinthians, if you want to look at it, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 22 and 23. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22 and 23. And, I, and I'll give you just a second to get there and uh, if you want to turn to it. But the word of the Lord says... In verse 22, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse 23, it says this, but every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. And so 
you know, when Scripture de- defines Scripture, then we ought to just listen to what Scripture says. And it very clearly says, Christ, the first fruits. And then, you know, of course, and, and so, and that's what it, it says. And it says, for if the first fruit uh, be holy, the lump is also holy. Then finally, I want you to look, if you want to look at it, and again, you know, if you want to take time to look at it, but Romans chapter 15, verse 12. Romans chapter 15, verse 12. Um, and, and I know it's easy for me to, to go there because I'm not having to turn there. So I always want to give just a second. 15, 12 says, and again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. And so in these verse, two verses that we just read, we see that Jesus is named as the first fruit, and Jesus is named as the root. And that goes to our, our verse. This is for the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and at the root be holy, so are the branches. And to me, it, it is clear as his as, as day that, that uh, God says who exactly who this is. He says it in the scripture. He says Jesus is the first fruit. Jesus is the root. And so when it talks about the first fruit, it's talking about if Jesus is holy, and he is, uh, then the lump is also holy. Now, what in the world does that, that mean? Anyone found trusting in Christ has the righteousness of Christ. And therefore, they being the lump, which means the lump, I, even the definition here is kind of unique to me. It says the lump means to, to take and mix liquid with solid, to take mix liquid with solid. And so what, what I believe God's describing here to us is, is how the Holy Spirit of God and the, and the water of the Word come into the, the human being. And, and uh, in that lump, when, when you trust in Christ, we being the, the lump, that we are also holy. Now, are we holy? And, it, and it's amazing how people read this stuff and they go into all these things about uh, this can't even, you, you, yeah, well, uh, just talking about the fact that we can't be holy. Well, we are holy because we have the righteousness of Christ. I, I wonder sometimes these, these authors and, and, and people, because I research and I look instead, I think, do they not believe the Bible? Because clearly, or do they not study it? We have the righteousness of Christ. If we don't, we're not getting to heaven. So, no, we're not in our human flesh are we holy, but in God we are holy. In, in the first fruit, if the first fruit be holy, the lump is holy. So, finally, uh, we see that what, what a picture of a man's flesh being made to conform to the image of God through the Holy Spirit of God and the water of the Word. So, the foundation of the root is in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We who are in Christ are holy in Christ. We who are in Christ are the branches of the, of the tree we've been engrafted in. The Jew who is in Christ is holy in Christ. The Jew who is in Christ is the branch stemming from the root of Jesse, the, of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 17, so that's verse 16. Verse 17 says, if some of the branches be broken off, 
And thou, being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So, uh, again, this is, not, this is not really hard to understand and, you know, not deep, but I just we're going to go through it and just clarify. But the Jews, of course, as a whole rejected Christ. And the Gentiles, being the wild olive tree, were grafted in among the broken off branches. God pruned the branches of his olive tree. He said, you don't want me. You're, you're, you've rejected me. And that uh, if you've ever gone and seen some you know, places where it's been pruning, the pruning is not like, you know, clip off little twigs here. I mean, they prune. They prune back pretty rough. Uh, you know, in, in an orchard and that type of thing. And so he, he said, you didn't want me, you were pruned away. You are cut away. And he said, but we're, gonna, we're still going to get fruit. God said, we're going to get some fruit. So he, you know what he did? He took the wild olive tree. You see, we're the same type, type of tree. And, and so he took the wild olive tree and he grafted it in. We who are Gentiles were grafted in. Notice, we were not just any tree, but we were still the olive tree. We are the creation of God who has now in, been, and we've been now engrafted into the, this tree of Jesus Christ. We live and exist as Christians through the power of Christ. We as Christians enjoy the benefits of the promises to the Jewish people and every promise of the Word of God. We enjoy or can enjoy the fatness of of the riches of his glory. And that's what verse 17 says. And if some of the branches be broken off, and they were, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them. He said they were taken away, but you were placed in. And with them partaketh of the root, which means the root, Jesus Christ, is giving life to this tree. And he said, and the fatness of the olive tree. He's saying, you get all those benefits. All the promises of God are yours too. All the promises of the Word of God, we get to enjoy the fatness of trusting in God. That's just amazing. But we ought to recognize that we are blessed. Amen? We're incredibly blessed. Uh, I was uh, counseling somebody uh, recently, and I, and, I, and I said to him, I said, look, you just got two choices uh, you've got a choice. You can either go out here and the rest of this world who are trying to convince you that what they're doing is enjoyable. And, and I said, you know, you can, you can do all that they're doing and live like they're doing, or you can just step up like a man and do what God says to do. And, I, and I'm telling you, right now, what we to live the Christian life is not as easy as to go out and party. But there's a day when you're going to wake up and realize how blessed you are and how enjoyable this life is, how you enjoy the fatness of this life. Well, you're going to wake up out here in, in judgment and, and just destruction. But verse 18. Now, verse 18 is kind of unique here. Again, a lot of discussion on it. But boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Now, God immediately comes in and he starts trying to, he, he's going to go to the root of the problem that we have. And the root of the problem is pride. Pride gets us messed up everywhere we go. Every direction we turn. Pride is, is really, it's the root of all sin, I believe. But this is clear in its command, but who is it written to? Jewish? 
people? Is this written to the Jews? Is it written to the Christians? Is this written to the Gentiles or is it written to both? And, and uh, again, I'm going to throw you out uh, some of the options that are given and then I'm going to give you the truth. <laughs> and so, but, uh, you know, some say, you know, to the Jewish Christian, and not to boast or to speak against the engrafted Gentile because he's beneath him. And uh, is that possible? I suppose it is. But uh, number two, the Gentile, not to speak against the Jew as being broken off for them. You know, the Gentile looking at... And then number three, to all Christians, regardless of race or nationality, to not look down on any other Christian. Now, probably in a sense, all three of these Greek, but the rest of the chapter it seems apparent that the primary meaning of the text is written to the Gentiles of this time. You know, during, during that time, it was written to those Gentiles who had been engrafted into the tree. And, and I think we'll see that just through the text that we're going to be reading here in just a second. But I also want you to know when you make application today, because the, the Word of God is eternal, and so it, it applies to us today. So it applies to Jew and Gentile today. Now, everyone is dependent on the root, which is Jesus Christ. He says in verse 19, thou will say, well, let me just say this. No one is a branch by his own merit, and no one can sustain himself. And ultimately, this is, this is really what God's trying to get to. It is, he's saying, you know what, why don't, why don't you just drop your pride those of you who think somehow you earned the right to be a branch, those of you that somehow think that you're superior to other people because you're a branch, those of you that think that, that because others had it taken away that God likes you better than them, uh, God, God's going to warn them about all of that. And, and the truth is we need to make application today. We need to not, we never, never look down at anyone regardless of their spiritual condition. Verse 19 says, Thou will say then, the branches were broken off and that I might be grafted in. Now, this is the first evidence that I think clearly that it's, you know, and no matter what, you know, be careful of commentators. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, let the Bible comment the most, okay? I, I like for historical information, things like that, but when they, when they start explaining things that the Bible explains, uh, especially when they disagree with it, it kind of bothers me. But this seems to go uh, verse, with verse 18, been an example of a statement of pride and entitlement. But God very, uh, very quickly reminds all of us that we are not engrafted in by our works or merit, but by simple faith. You notice it says, Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Again, the pride. Somehow, uh, yeah, those branches were taken away. The Jews were taken away so we could be brought in. Well, do you understand the reason God is allowing Paul to write this is because this is what took the branches away in the first place. That kind of spirit and attitude of the Jews where they thought, I'm the chosen people. We've already talked about this several Wednesday night. I'm the chosen people. We're, we're the chosen people. We're special with God, and God chose us because we're special. No, God didn't choose them because they're special. We won't know until we get to heaven why God chose them. God chose them because he decided to choose them. God engrafted us in because he's God and he did it. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. He just did it. And you know what? That's where God can be God. He can do whatever he wants to do. And 
And that's what he did. And, and now verse 20 says, Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. And he's saying to them, Don't get all cocky. You're here because you believe by faith, not because you earned it. Not because of your works, not because of your goodness, not because of any special thing that you did. He said, don't you understand that the only reason you're even connected right now is because you came to me in simple childlike faith. Again, we have to make application to the day. And, 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 and if we have a problem in, uh, in Christianity is, is that we either got, you know, the party group that just says, you know, everybody's okay and everything's okay, or we got the group over, over here on the other side that says, no, if you don't live like me, then you're not okay. And let me help you, neither one of those is right. We're all, if you're saved and on your way to heaven, it's by the grace of God. It's because Jesus died for you and God came and died in our place and he, by faith we received him. We didn't earn anything. We don't deserve anything. And so since we did not earn anything, we did not and do not deserve salvation, then God simply says, and with this is, I'm going to put it in our vernacular through these verses, God's saying, get off your high horse. He's saying, just come on down and live in true fear of God the God of all creation, the God, the creator. Be not high-minded, but fear. Be in reverence, be in awe of Almighty God. That's what he says. He says, verse 20, Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Now, verse 21. Wow, we're going to get done early tonight. I'm always worried. Did I... First time I got an amen in that. Amen out of you, did Verse 21 says, for if God spared not, I'm going to start talking slower now. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Now, this is where God, he, 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 he's warning us as Gentiles. He's saying, look, the Jews got caught up in their pride. And they listened to the old the old uh, God of pride, Satan, and they got taken away because they, they rejected me because to believe in me, then they no longer were special. They no longer, you know, were above everybody else in this old world. And so they rejected me, and he said, they've been taken away. And so now he said, I, I came to you because you in humility accepted me. So now don't get caught up in the same thing that destroyed. I, I, I'm going to make this illustration. I'm going to do it as carefully as I can. But, but it's so very important because you see this pattern repeated, repeated, and repeated. You know, I, I had a, um, I worked a long time, you know, in the, the, the Bible college movement and all that. And, and, and at one point, and I believe it's somewhat true, at one point uh, a leader uh, said, you know, the downfall of this group is their pride. They're, they're, they're caught in pride. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, the truth is, it's very easy to, to be caught up in pride when you're in that, that movement, and I say the college movement, because, uh, you're, you, you know, like I did for, for 
30 years. I mean, I'm speaking to 1,200 and 1,500 and 5,000 and 6,000 and 8,000 people. And all of a sudden, you think that's what you're supposed to all the time. And you think that that's, you know, now thankfully, I'll be honest with you, the, the fact that my wife and I traveled uh, for six years with our kids, it was very helpful for us because we went to churches like ours primarily all summer long. And it was real good for me, real good for me to kind of get away from, from that mentality where you just, you start to think you're more than what you are. And so he said, you know, the downfall of this place is going to be their pride and, and I don't, I don't debate that. I think pride is the downfall of most any place. And so, and so but what I've watched in, in the last 10 years is that same place is now caught up in pride. Because that is, it, God, the reason the Lord threw this in for us, he, he, he put this in there because man is so easily ready to, to, to put down someone else for their error and their sin and their pride. But the moment that one falls away and we're in power, here we go in pride. And now he's talking to a whole peoples, though, here, in the Gentiles. And it says, verse 21, it says, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Now, there, he's coming with a warning now. He said, if you don't listen to me about the stinking pride, if you don't listen to me about it, he said, you think they were, they were there, the natural branches, and I took them, I pruned them away? What are you thinking? Don't you know if you get caught up in that same mess that I'm going to take you out? This is my primary evidence that verse 18 is directed toward the Gentiles, basically. It seems that very quickly the pride of man is going to enter in as the Gentile realizes that he is equal to the Jew in the sight of God. Now listen to this. Man in his pride is not satisfied with equality. He'll soon demand superiority. There's never, never a conflict in any, any area. You can go all throughout history, and this people conquer this people, this people rule over this people, this people enslave this people, and watch this. It's always a demand for equality. It never stops at equality. It never does. Because we are so full of evil. We want superiority. It's in the heart of man to dominate another. But this heart, listen to me, this heart can be changed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. That's the hope that we have. I, you know, listen, I, I've said this often, and folks, I, I, don't, I don't know that we can change everybody. I, I, I don't know that we can change all of Memphis, but listen, if we can change one family at a time, we're doing something, and the Word of God and the Spirit of God can change us. It can. If we yield to the Spirit of God, we can, He warned, God, look, Clearly, we must be able to because he told us not to do it, not to get caught up in pride, not to put down other people, not to look down at anybody else. He told us to not to do it. So if he told us not to do it, he must enable us not to do it. But our problem is, will we yield to the Spirit of God? 
And, and th- look, this goes, you know, if we could get this truth, Joe Beth, as you're writing this Sunday school, if we could get this truth to junior church, if we could get this truth to teenagers, if we could get this truth to everybody, listen to me, it, it's so important if we could get this truth to them because it, it's just absolutely vital that they understand that they have no right to put down anybody else. I don't care if you're stronger than they are, you know better than they are. I don't care if you're smarter than they are, you know better than they are. And the moment you think you're better than somebody, you just became below them. It's just not what God wants. It's not what God wants for any of us. And that's why we've got to ask God for His Spirit and His patience dealing with everybody. Everybody we deal with, we can't ever get to the point where, where, man, and listen, I'm as guilty as anybody. Sometimes, sometimes I think, how stupid can you be? Just as stupid as I can be. Now, verse 22 says, Behold, therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, severity. But toward thee, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. Boy, God's making a serious warning here. We must heed the warning so that we do not become built up in pride and begin to feel we are deserving or superior to another. You say, Brother Hooker, you already said that. I did. Yeah, I said it. God's already said it several times too in here. And he must be trying to get it across to us. And that's such a reason I said to the junior, it's such, such a tendency in that junior high age to, to, to mock and ridicule. It's such a tendency for us to condemn others and put others down. And we, and we look at it in the kid stage, but I'll be honest with you, we do it, we just do it with a lot more discretion when we get older. We, we, we have just enough wisdom not to say it sometimes, but we think it. I heard a, I heard a, a fellow preach one time, and, and he, he, he only believes in a certain style of, uh, of preaching. And he was preaching in a big conference, and the pastor who provided the church, who spent the money for the conference, who put everything on, was the style of preacher that this guest preacher was preaching against. Now, the guest preacher didn't have this conference. The guest preacher didn't have a church that could hold this bill, these many people. The guest preacher didn't have God bless him as he's been on his knees for, to fill this, this mighty building that probably, I don't know, a thousand people in there. The guest preacher didn't do any of those things. And here was this humble man behind him who had worked his whole life and spend his life on his knees in prayer and begging God to bless in an area that normally you don't get big churches. And a man standing right in front of me. You know what this man did? He sat there 
and amen him. As that man preached against him. You know what? Just that, the greatest part of that sermon was watching a man in humility. It's the warning that we have, God, behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity. You know, when we get caught up in pride, pride is a mighty fall. But toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. We must heed the warning so we do not become built up in pride and begin to feel we are deserving or superior to another. This goodness is a gift. When we stop the appreciation of the gift, we will soon find ourselves back at Romans 1. Here's what happens. Romans 1, verse 21, 22. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was dark, and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And that's what happens when we get caught in our pride. We profess ourselves to be wise, and we become fools. Now, Paul switches back to the Jews to demonstrate to the Gentile that he better not look down on the Jew. For in Romans eleven twenty three, 23, it says, They also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. So he's saying to them, now you better not get cocky about this whole thing, Gentiles. You better not, think, you, you better not be mouthing off to the Jews about how you're, you know, you're God's chosen people now because he said, watch this, the Jews are going to get grafted back in. That same God that can take them out can graft them in again. Now, it, it, just a little illustration, when... when uh, you know, I've watched this in, in ball playing for years, and I still, you know, it's part of the reason I can't hardly watch uh, football. I'll listen to it on, you know, because I can't stand the attitudes that you have to see. And so if I listen to it, I don't see all the garbage that's going on. Uh, but here's what, here's what happens, especially in your pros, you know, and, and sometimes in college, these guys that get so cocky about themselves. And here's what they do. It's like a guy fighting for a position on the team, and he beats out the man ahead of him. Now, the smart guy will be humble about it, and he'll praise the guy that maybe he just beat out and say, you know, uh, man, I'm just glad that I have an opportunity. I'm just glad I have a chance, and, and man, uh, you know, just to be able to, to you know, to, to be able to play in front of a guy like this. is, imp- but, but, you know, most of the time today in this generation, they don't do that. Uh, you know, what they do is they, they become prideful, and they start to gloat, and they start to praise themselves. Now, now this is where the old saying comes, you know, what goes around comes around. And after all this gloating, and I've seen this happen, and and I think, when are you ever going to learn? After all this gloating and his supposed superiority and his wonderful greatness, in a week or two, he may find himself on the bench again and the other back in the position. And, And it's amazing to me. You know, how, how they can run off of them out because, man, I'm something, I'm great, I'm this, I'm that. And he throws two interceptions, he's back on the bench. And I'm thinking, don't you know it would have been a lot better on that bench if you just kept your sinking mouth shut? We have a final admonition to the Gentile, the wild grass for humility as God's trying to get them 
it just focusing on this thing of humility. That's what we're talking about tonight. But as God directs his attention toward reality, in verse 24, he says, For if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these which be the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? And God just saying, look, you better appreciate every moment. You better appreciate everything that I've done. You better appreciate all the love. You better appreciate all that I have done by sending my son to die for you. You better appreciate the fact that I, I even opened up that opportunity to the Gentiles. Because God didn't, I, again, God being God, he didn't have to, but he did. He said, you better appreciate that. Because if you, if you really understand what I've done for you, you didn't belong here. You were wild, and I grafted you in. And he's, he's saying, if I could do that and make it work and make it grow, he said, you better, you better get ready. Because there's a day when I'm coming back to the real olive tree, the real branches. And they're coming back in. And you know what? Therefore, you better pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. It is amazing to me, and I'm done with this. It's amazing to me today how many Christians are against Jerusalem. Uh, we better, how many people get angry or upset at the Jews? How many people get frustrated with them? Hey, listen, I may not, you know, there may be some that, you know, their financial dealings or whatever, I may not appreciate, but, but the people as a whole, I got to obey God and humble myself and pray for them. Because God will, and it's coming soon, he's going to engraft them back in. And sadly, it's going to be because we are turning our backs on him. They did through their pride and their arrogance. Why is it that that nations, I I read a little little booklet on, on Korea, revival in Korea in 1900. Why is it that, that nations are accepting Christ and, and yielding to God and seeking God and seeking His power while America is turning away? Why, why is that? Very simply, in our pride, we don't need God. Oh, but we're still religious in America, so we create gods. We create gods that will do what we tell them to do, and that's the ultimate pride. The God of America today is a God that has been created by man. It's the humanism that we've studied, but it's come to fruition in religion. We've made it religious. Humanism says God didn't create man in his own image. Man created God in his own image. And we say, oh, I don't believe that. Then why do we have a God that we can tell what to do? Here, God tells us what's right and wrong. 
We don't even bother with that. We just decide what's right and wrong. Hey, take a chance. Take a look at what he says. See if it disagrees with your right and wrong. You say, well, if, if it, what if it does? Then you got two choices. You yield to his right and let him be God. Or you're God. Now, you may still say you believe in him. But once he must bow to you, you're God, not him. Father, I pray that you bless tonight. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your goodness.